Hi, I'm Kayleen, creator of Midwest Manifesting Mama. I am here to change the narrative around motherhood and success. I want to be an example and an inspiration that you can do whatever you put your mind to. I want you to live your life with purpose and passion, not only for yourself, but for your kids too. By becoming the best version of you, you are showing your kids and other mamas that anything is possible. Okay, today I am very excited. Another guest, look at me. <laughs> um, it's February, it's the month of love and Valentine's Day. And for me, a lot of birthdays in my life. I don't know about anyone else. I have a lot of February birthdays in my life, but I am very excited to have Molly on the podcast today. Um, she is actually, she's not from Iowa or anything, but she's another Midwest gal, but I'm going to have her introduce herself and kind of explain what she does and welcome. Hi, Kayleen. Thank you so much for having me. This is so fantastic. I, when you asked if I wanted to join, I was thrilled. Obviously that voice. No, I left you. I was so pumped. <laughs> Um, yeah, so my name is Molly Conley. I'm a dating and relationship coach. I help women reinvent their love lives. Usually that's either, you know, after divorce or whether they're trying really hard to date on or off the apps and like, it's not working whatsoever. I also help women, um, in their committed relationships, if that's something that they're interested in doing. Love, love, love that love, lots of love. Um, <laughs> Molly and I actually met, um, like through a mutual coach. And then we've just always kind of kept in touch. I don't know. Maybe it's the Midwest thing. Yeah. <laughs> or the fact I genuinely like you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just have this energy that's like so contagious that it's really hard not to like you and want to Aww. be a part of your little life. So like, to me, it's, that's how I love connecting with other people, especially because like you and I met online. It's not like we mm -hmm. met face to face yeah. and we still met kind of when the pandemic was yeah, a little starting bit. to cool down. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like that's, that's how it sticks. So. Yeah. And it's, I feel like some people get like such an ick when they're like, oh, you met somebody online. Like, I feel like it, maybe it's a Midwest thing or like, like the connotations like, oh, like, oh, but it's like, no, I know she's like a real person. Like I've like, we've sent voice notes and like I've yeah. seen her face. She's not catfishing me. <laughs> I'm not AI. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of, there are lots of, lots of genuine people out there for all the, you know, bad crap out there too. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like the jump helped like in the pandemic of getting back online or really wanting to connect with others, not only just the social circle that we had where we lived, but allowed us still to like expand and meet new people that's what's so great about technology nowadays. Like the people that I've met in the last 12 to 15, 16 months, most of them are completely out of state. Like I'm based in St. Louis right now. Mm -hmm. And so I have people in LA, Portland, New York city, um, Atlanta, Georgia. Like there's just so many people that I've connected with and it's been a wonderful way to just share other people's stories and, um, you know, connect that way. Cause you never know where you're going to go technically. 
So that's, yeah, that's true. I love that too. I think that it's very like cool to find other women that are interested in like things like you too. Cause I know like, obviously our businesses are totally different, but like we share the same interest in like mindset and manifestation and like how important Mm -hmm. that is. And that's a big thing about what we're going to talk about today is like manifesting your perfect partner. Like if you're already in a relationship, like steps like gaining clarity and stuff on what you want to do oh yeah like manifesting like that's what brought us together which is so great um first and foremost um if you're listening obviously you believe in manifesting which is part of the whole process of manifesting but manifesting your perfect partner oh my gosh well let me just say this first there's no such (laughs) thing as perfect But there is ideal because some of the things like when you try to manifest, you're really going to find out that maybe you don't want something that you thought you once did. Um, So I think, do you want me to, oh, go ahead. Oh no. I was just going to say, I think people change like, you know, as they get older too. Oh yeah. And then through the life experiences, Mm -hmm. like think about who you dated in high school or maybe. Well, like right in college. You can't say that to me because I'm with the same guy. I remember. (laughs) I know <laughs> high school sweethearts, but yes, to, to everyone else listening, think about the person. Well, okay. How about this about maybe like your first crush? Yeah, like think was. of this person. Exactly. I saw your face. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like for me, I think back to eighth grade, sixth grade. Oh, these boys are great. I don't even know what they do anymore. Like they're nowhere in my world, but, um, for ladies that don't know, like I got married in my twenties and then I got divorced right before I was 30. And then I was dating for a little while, having some long-term relationships with right away, which I should not have been doing. Mm-hmm. And then was single for a while before I met my husband. Um, I met him four months before the world shut down. And so in between those times, all the different people that I dated helped me grow into who I am today and helped mm-hmm. me find the man that appeared out of honestly out of nowhere um (laughs) so it's all about watching yourself grow because it's so cute like for you you you're a mom right and so like it's so cute to watch your children grow and their personality change oh my gosh yeah and it's hard to even think that that's something that we did right so it's true yeah I know we've evolved over time that's why like this topic of like, you know, like that ideal partner and manifestation, it just goes hand in hand because like anything like you want in life, you go through these experiences to figure out like, they're not necessarily bad. They're to show you what you actually want. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's, yeah, that's huge. Like people shouldn't like, you know, get down on something or like, oh my gosh, I was like terrible. Or, you know, you went through that for a reason. Oh yeah. Like my favorite quote is everything happens for a reason. And I know a lot of people, people hate that boo boo that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But here's the reason why that's so important (laughs) is that it helps with your mindset. Right. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be like toxic positivity, but if you're able to, let's just say like there's a breakup or something that you've experienced or like a really bad fight with someone that you're married to, or in a really long-term relationship with there's, there's more stuff stuff underneath that fight, right? Like there's more reason, there's a reason why you broke up in the first place Mm -hmm. and you're allowed to kind of process that fight. You can also grieve that relationship that ended, but you need to come back to that 
and work through it, whether that's together with a person or on your own. So that uncovers a lot of lessons for you to learn and improve. You don't want to just keep having a shitty relationship or keep dating as like the same sort of shitty person over and over mm-hmm. and over and over again. You want to have a better experience. So you have to learn these lessons in order to have that ideal relationship and that ideal partner in your life. I totally agree. And I think a lot of it too is like, like you yourself, like there might be some stuff going on that you like, you don't even realize because maybe you were like so involved in that other person or you kind of, you were in that long-term relationship and kind of like lost yourself essentially. And I think that's why like one of my big things is like, I want to help women like reconnect with themselves and like, and moms and like, yeah, people have been in a relationship a long time or maybe like people who haven't, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, yeah, just uncovering maybe something that um, you're going through is really going to help you, you know, find that person who you are wanting to be with and not attracting in that you know, same low vibrational person or that same relationship you keep seeing yourself in. Yeah, exactly. And when you mentioned, shoot, now I'm lost it. This happens. (laughs) Let me think, where did it go? Um, When you were talking about that relationship part of going through the lessons, shoot, where was it? What did you just say? Help me here. Just like how it might be yourself. In like that's right, <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily like. Well, I'm gonna say a hundred percent of the time, it usually is you. You know, like there's something. If you're getting triggered by something, or there's something going on, there's something subconsciously in your head that you need to work on, and that mindset piece, like you talked about too. Exactly. So when when we're in a relationship, what's really crazy is like when we are so focused on the other person, which happens a lot. We, as women, especially we Mm -hmm. focus on other people. We want to make sure everyone's happy and taken care of and nurtured and whatnot. And so we constantly deplete ourselves. And in that process, we deplete our identity. We lose who we really are because we're investing so much in other people. And what happens is when there is a big breakup or something like that, you go through not only a grieving process, the one that you are aware of is losing that person in the relationship, but technically you also have another layer of grieving in which is losing that identity you had made in that relationship Mm -hmm. and where you thought you were going to be, where you were fantasizing this um, hypothetical marriage or engagement or anything like that, you lose all of those things. And now you have to come back and recenter and focus on yourself. So when you are in a relationship and you have, and you're not going through a situation like that, what is interesting is learning how to reconnect to yourself, like you said, and that will help you find out where am I blocking myself? What are, what triggers Mm -hmm. are coming up? What are, you know, what are the constant fights? Is it really him or is it me? Am I accidentally instigating something because I'm you know, resentful, or I'm not communicating the problem, Mm -hmm. all of these different things and tactics that can actually like clear that out, make the relationship better and help bring more clarity for you to move forward and actually manifest a better relationship. (laughs) Oh, I love that Molly. (laughs) That's so good. It just, yeah. It hearing all that too, like before I really got into mindset stuff and like manifestation and like more of like spiritual stuff, 
I just feel like I was like one of those people that like, yeah, would get like triggered so easily or like, you know, like if you get into a fight and it's like you're yelling and then or not communicating at all and it's like and then you're pissed at the your partner or whatever and it's like well he just doesn't get it and it's like he doesn't know what the fuck you're mad about exactly (laughs) he can't read your mind we want him to read our minds so bad but tell me tell me how many times have you thought about something and you're like i hope he doesn't know what i'm thinking about like come on we don't want him to really read our minds Uh, yeah but sometimes i don't know and i have had that conversation with my husband before and like dude men like busy like is that what I would say biologically like like they are different they think different and like mm-hmm. they do not think the same not that it's bad it's good we need that we need that polarity but he's like things that like I think he's like like what like I would never think you know like I'm like oh my gosh she's gonna do this or think this and blah 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 and if I'm not communicating those things then he has no idea what the hell's going on in my head Exactly. And honestly, like this is also part of our programming. Think of how as little girls, we watched our mom like constantly more than likely cook and clean and serve. So Mm -hmm. we thought that's what we needed to do. And they taught us certain things to do that in the same way of communicating or don't tell dad this or hide this secret, or you need to be quiet because dad's home. It just, there's different ways that we were taught and all those lessons that you learned from, it's basically maybe right when you were starting to really develop your personality and start talking. Mm-hmm. So I think, cause you're a mom and I'm not, that's right around one and a half, two, where they start yeah. forming words. Right. Okay. Yeah. So they children, adults, humans, whatever, start forming words, <laughs> little people, but it's little people, but it's not <laughs> until like seven, it's about seven or 10 that by then our core personality has really formed. Everything you experienced as a child, everything your children are experiencing up until the age of seven and 10. Sponges. Yes. And they are going to take, if mommy and daddy are having a fight and they yell at each other and then they leave, they can internalize that to mean something completely different. And mm-hmm. that's how they think relationships work. That's how they think you, you fight and you leave. You never come back to fix the problem. You never sit down and really talk about things. You don't discuss things as a family. We shove things underneath the rug. They will take that, that that's how it's normally going to happen in a relationship. So sometimes when I tell my clients, like they're mad at their husband or they're mad at their significant other. And I'm like, what's, where's this coming from? Well, my dad always did this and my mom always did that. And I said, correct. So you are perceiving the situation through your eyes as a child of how you saw that relationship. And now you're projecting it onto your current relationship. What are you going to do? Fix it. They're like, boom, mind yeah. blown. Inner child work is a whole nother tangent. We don't want to start. No, but it's part of, but it, but it helps but with the manifestation to realize how you're projecting things because that's stuff that you're blocking your manifestation Mm -hmm. because you haven't done that inner work. Like you said, connecting back to self. So if you're not connecting back to yourself, how are you really going to gain that clarity that you need in order then for you to set the intention to get what you want and take the action to do that? So, right. Get that manifestation. Let's go. Act as if you already have it. Mm. There's like tons of like manifestation advice and whatever, but like, I want to hear more about kind of how, like, you know, once you were like, 
okay, like you were dating, you know, a couple of people after you got divorced and then you were like, like, no, we need to do something different. Like, what did you do or like kind of what started you on that journey? Yeah. That you wanted to change it, change it up. Um, well, I started looking internally doing the self-reflection and realized that the common denominator with all these problem relationships was me. Mm -hmm. And if I really wanted to have a fantastic love life, I had to figure myself out. So at the time, like I was going through therapy, but the therapy was for other stuff. It was never about relationships. So it was more like, I feel like I'm a perfectionist. What's wrong with me at work? And you know, moving through some things like that, that really didn't help the relationship side. It just kind of gave me some moments to work through. And I found more self-help books because of doing therapy and, you know, learning more about the anxious and avoidant attachment styles, stuff like that. But it wasn't until, gosh, probably 2017. Um, I'd only been single for like a year and a half mm-hmm. and I had tried online dating and I went through and just was saying yes to anybody that wanted to go on a date, which I highly don't recommend. Online dating sounds terrible. It's probably a mindset thing, but I will tell you that it depends on how old you are, where you're from and your mentality on dating. Mm. So we can get into that another time, but (laughs) I'm sure you have some, you'll have some episode about that or you already do. I'm sure. (laughs) Actually, no, I don't. So now you're going to help oh, me. There's, there's a write good idea. That down. <laughs> Episode idea. Yeah. Um, so needless to say, I tried really hard to figure out what I wanted. And by dating a bunch of people, I wasn't figuring it out. I was just like, am I so weird that I don't feel connected to anyone or the person I'm connected to ends up like being a like really weird, toxic person? Like, where is this all coming from? And so I continue to do some inner work, but I actually started to make a list. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of women do this and, and it it's good, but it's not great. So I made a list of all the things that I was looking for. And I started to create a system, um, and a process because I knew that I wasn't following it. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this guy is so handsome, but he smokes and I'm not a smoker, but I had been a smoker and dated someone at a long time ago that was a smoker, but it completely changed, like ruined my life. So I was like, I can't do this. Um, But I was like, well, maybe he'll quit. And we all do that as women. Oh, Mm -hmm. maybe he'll change because of me. No, he didn't. (laughs) And I almost started smoking again. And I was like, I don't want this for my life. And ironically, he broke up with me and I was like, fantastic. At first I was like, what? And but, you know, eventually <laughs> it was like, yeah, thank God. So I had to really hold myself accountable to what I was visioning. And so I needed to create my love life vision and not just a perfect partner, but like, what did I want my love life to look like? I wanted to come home from work and be with someone who wanted to spend time with me. I wanted to eat dinner together. I wanted to make dinner together. I wanted to have moments where we could cuddle on the couch or, you know, snuggle in bed. Those are some little things, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't getting that in my relationships in the past. Um, I wanted a man who wouldn't go out and party every single night or get drunk and lay on the couch all weekend watching football. Like I wanted somebody else to be like, Hey, let's go do something. Mm -hmm. Um, Whatever the something would be like hiking, whatever. And the more I held myself accountable to this vision, the less dates I went on, 
but the less I wasn't settling anymore. Mm -hmm. I was really honing in on, I know a man like this exists out there. So I kept going and kept creating my list. And, um, I ended up creating a list of like 63 things using part of my process and my strategy. And my husband has 61 of those things. Oh, girl. Are they, so would you say they're like, maybe like personality traits or like hobbies or a kind of combination of both or. So, excuse me. So it looks like a regular quality list, Mm -hmm. but it's taken from different things. So like if you're on an app, I have certain things that are like from the app that I had been on the most like, Oh, I would like a man who's about my height, but it's not a big deal. It might not be as a high priority, Mm -hmm. but I want a man who, um, is interested in similar things, but it's because of the lessons I learned. Right. So I did have my, my one example that people are probably like, what, that's so weird. He has a 401k and here's the reason why I dated men who were very financially irresponsible. And if a man is going to have a job with a 401k, there means two things. More than likely the job is a, is a nine to five number one, Mm -hmm. which means that I would still get that love life vision of spending time at home. Yeah. Um, as well as if he's putting money into a 401k, he's figuring, he is looking for his future. And if he is planning for his future, that means he's looking for someone else to be in his future. And so to me, that was why I wanted that to be something on my list. Um, within my process and system of figuring out like how much of a priority is that I'm like, it's a top 10. And I know it's not someone that you go to and be like, Hey, so you're this, do you save on your 401k? No, it's like (laughs) having discussions about finances, which is a very difficult topic when you're first dating, but it's like, you know, you watch people, how they spend their money. Are they going out and blowing their paycheck or part of their paycheck on things for their cats or are they like, you know, saying, okay, well, I have this amount, this budget to do X, Y, and Z. And like, I'm ready to Mm -hmm. take you out on a date. Like there's different ways of like paying attention to the things that you want and asking questions as well. That would allow me to figure this out as I was dating. So. I love that. I think that, I think that's a really like, it's interesting, but it's like, it's smart. (laughs) When you have enough time to reflect on things that you learned in your relationships, these are just going to come out to you. And I recently just had a workshop about this with um, a very small group of women and both of the women that joined me live for like the last session. So like it was like five women all together. They, they were like, I didn't realize that none of my relationships even met the relationship threshold. So like there's different thresholds, even for me to like work with my clients and tell them like, Hey, this person's not even worth your time. Why are you even interested in him? And I have to be that blunt with her because I'm like, you said you want this for your love life vision. Are you willing to compromise what you want when you're like 50 and 60, Mm -hmm. even 90, or, you know, are you just looking for fun right now? And if that's, that's what you're looking for, that's awesome. But you can't use the spreadsheet in that way. So yeah. Yeah. Would you say, um, like this like spreadsheet or basically if you go through like traits that you would want in a partner or anything is there anything that would change like based on age like if you have a single woman in her 20s looking for somebody or like you know somebody in their 40s like 
yeah, everybody's list is different. Like it's always catered to them. Um, I feel like women in their twenties and women that have been in really, really, really long marriages are the ones that I have to work with the most to help them do some more of that inner work Mm -hmm. because, um, kind of like we were just about to talk about how difficult online dating can be. What I'm finding is that women underneath probably the age of 30, maybe even 35 are what I like to call stuck in a Midwest mentality of, I got to hurry the hell up and get pregnant and get married and make sure I'm successful and have all the babies because the women that I work with that are on the East and West coast do not act that way whatsoever. I love to hear that. And I almost think you should say that again, because I I will say it again. (laughs) You want me to, there are so many. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like the generation, like, like my parents' generation or like, I don't know what they are. My dad, well, my dad's a boomer and like my mom is like Gen X, but it like always occurs to me that people are like, if you really listen for it, like, oh, like when are you getting married? Do you have any boyfriends? Or it's not even like, or it's like about their job. Like it's about their career. Like, okay. Like you don't have a partner or anything, but you're like really successful at work. So that's great. Like nobody asks you if you're fucking happy. Yep. And this is one weird thing from moving. I lived in Omaha, Nebraska for those um, oh, I didn't mention yes. before. So the, the every little city, which is super weird. Cause you're gonna have to tell me what yours is in Omaha. It was like, what do you do? And in St. Louis, it's what high school did you go to? It is super strange. So when you meet someone new uh-huh. that you've never met, but they still live in the same town, what question do they ask you? I would say probably it's like, what do you do? Or like, where do you work? Yeah. Like, so we it's all a status symbol. This uh-huh. is usually that is the first question for status symboling. Are you good enough to hang out with me? Am I good enough to hang out with you? It is crazy. So a friend of my husband's lived in New York for a long time. And my husband went out there and was talking to girls. This was before we met. And mm-hmm. he's talking to a girl and she, he's like, so what do you want? So what do you do? And the girl was so pissed. Like, how dare you ask me that question? And, you know, his buddy's like, hey, people come out to New York not to, to do this. Like what they're doing right now is not who they want to be. They're working their butt off to get to what they want to be. So I'm like, well, what's that question? So New York could be, who knows? Like, I can't wait to hear if someone would tell me what that is, but it could be, what are you wanting to be? Or what are you wanting to do? So it's a completely different mentality. And like you said, it is a lot about our parents' generation um, coming from, especially from Nebraska and Omaha, Mm -hmm. how much of that area is farmland. And so farming, especially if you go back a few generations, not just our parents, grandparents, but even before then, they had a lot of children. My grandfather on my dad's side was one of 11 children who were born and raised in a sod house. Okay. 11 children, Catholic family. My dad, not Catholic. My mom, not Catholic. We're mm-hmm. not religious whatsoever, but there was only two of us. But some of the women that come to me have parents that come from farms or farmlands or ranchers. And they still have this mentality of they got to hurry up and have babies because that's what their moms did. And we have to also talk about all the the progress that women have had since the 1970s, 1980s. If women don't understand this, our generation, you and me, finally can have a bank account and a credit card, own a home without having to have a man co-sign or our fathers sign Mm -hmm. on for us. 
It's not just the voting, it's all of that. So there's generations before us that got married because they had to have financial stability and all those things, which is a huge topic. We'll let that go because now I'm just like going down. But the, the, ah, the, the rabbit thing hole. to remember, yeah, the thing to remember is where you live really does dictate how you feel. So the Midwest mentality, in my opinion, is hurry up because we're running out of time you have to hurry up and make babies and get married. Like sometimes that is that order, make baby, get married, get married, oh make gosh. babies. It's not about your career. It's not about getting a house. It's not about being financially stable. And it's never about being happy because they, everyone says that having children mm-hmm. will make you happier or having a husband will make you happier. <laughs> Did you see my face? I was like, oh, I love my children. It's a struggle. Like <laughs> <laughs> having a yes. puppy makes me happy. Oh my gosh, girl. Well, that too. Um, I love that. And I am so, so, so glad you brought it up. I think things have gotten a little better to the point where like, I feel like more people are like waiting to have babies or maybe get married in their like late twenties these days. Yeah. As opposed to maybe like 20, 30 years ago or whatever. Um, But yes, there's still, there's still that mentality there. And there's still the, I don't know if like in people's mind if like you're not as worthy if you're not in a relationship and then that person who is single is like thinking that and that's not it's not what we want yeah so some of my clients that have been underneath the age of 30 they're always asking what's wrong with me and (laughs) I'm like nothing's wrong with you you are surrounded by people that are telling you that something's wrong with you because you're not married because you're not settled down and and it's, it's hard because when I got divorced, that was like immediately, as soon as I started dating someone, family members or older generations would be like, when are you guys getting engaged? I'd be like, dude, I don't even, I don't even know if I could handle living with him. Why would I want to get married again? Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Um, but yes, in order to like really help bring that manifestation, that clarity home and be able to do the, do the work, set the intention and take action some of these things have to be discussed. And some of this has to be like, holy crap, my mom was um, married at 20 and, you know, had two kids like before 30 or before 30, before 25. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize that's really impacting me because she is someone I really care for in my life. And she really wants me to be happy. And she thinks me getting married and having kids is going to make me happy. Okay. So what do I got to do about that? So it's uncovering some of like, where is this anxious feeling coming from of like, I have to hurry up and find my person or I need Mm -hmm. to have this perfect relationship so that you can be like, okay, I can release this, clear that energy out so I can bring good energy in and get that clarity. Like I said, Mm -hmm. and set those intentions to start manifesting the man you want to bring in or manifesting that relationship. If you're currently in it and manifesting it to be a better relationship. Oh my gosh. Totally. And I think a huge, another like huge thing. And like, I like to bring this up a lot too, just not in relationships, but any part of your life, um, stop comparing yourself. Oh my God. Don't even start (laughs) your face. Uh, might need to do a video of this one, but no, (laughs) um, that is just, and no, I'm like, I was super guilty of, of it. Is that's just like how we were brought up and just like, I'm it what came to my head first is like little middle school girls who are the worst. I just got chills. 
but just like like, nitpicking and judging (laughs) and I mean I think that's just kind of that age too they're just kind of like figuring shit out but then like I mean the people that don't grow out of that and they're like adult like adults who are women and who are just like judging or like not those even like those people that are judging like those who are comparing themselves like I did I'd be like okay well like you know she's my age it's always that thing it's like they're the same age as me but why are they this far ahead and I'm still here and what I would say to that is you are right where you are supposed to be at this point in time 100 percent agree because right where you are is right where you need to be in order to make a new choice mm-hmm. this is the opportunity of like you saying well if i want this that what that woman has i either can feel jealous or i can feel inspired mm-hmm. so i want to take that inspiration and say how can i do something similar because you don't want exactly what she wants because here's another thing if you look at most people and you're comparing yourselves to them, more than likely they're either masking the happiness because they might be happy about something in their life, but they're not happy about everything in their life. Like mm-hmm. I guarantee you, you and I both, like there's things that we both want better or you know more of or be happier in some area of our life. But people could look at us today and be like, oh my gosh, they're so happy and they're enjoying this and they're having this great mm-hmm. conversation. You never really know where a person is. Yeah. You never really like know the what they picture. Exactly. We yeah. just see what's on screen. We just see the numbers. We Especially, just all yeah, of that. social media. Which, yeah, that's <laughs> that can be very detrimental to what we want to have, right? So trying to release the comparison and just maybe learn how to take it as inspiration and also turn it inward and being like, you know what, at least I'm maybe one percent better than yesterday. Or if I'm not it's for a reason. And I need to figure out what that reason is and learn from that lesson mm-hmm. so that I can be like maybe 5% better tomorrow. Exactly. I think I like that inspiration. And I know that like things that you want or desire, they're meant for you and they will come to you at some point in time when they are supposed to. And a lot of the times it's going to be way better than you even thought. Like, I will 100% agree with that. Divine timing is everything. And actually, can I share a quick story about that? Of course. Okay. So I have, I don't tell this to many people because they think it's ridiculous, but my husband reached out to me. So I guess I'll start this again. So like I hopped online dating around 2017, Mm -hmm. met my husband in 2019. In 2017, he messaged me and it was the first time I was on match.com. And I, I know a lot of people don't like that one, but that's my, that was my favorite for numerous reasons, which we will not get into. But one of the downsides of match.com is that you can't filter what messages come. So you can get anybody from age 18 to 88 messaging you about you're the perfect person for me, whatever, (laughs) go away. Um, so I never messaged him back because I had a personal rule of I only talked to two people at a time because it was very overwhelming to want to like try to talk to too many people. Um, And so I would try dating some of these people and then I would just be like, everybody sucks. And I would jump off dating. (laughs) Right. And then I would come back like six months later and do it again. And he messaged me again. And I'm like, what's up with this dude? I'd look at his profile. I wouldn't say anything. Well, when I hopped on in 2019, 
he was like the second person to message me. And I was like, sweet, I'm going to talk to him. Here's the difference. He kept pursuing me and I changed a whole lot between 2017 to 2019 because I was working on myself. I was making my list of what I really wanted. I was getting that clarity, figuring out my love life vision and holy crap, all of a sudden I'm like, this is the guy. I am crazy. I have not figured out that this was the guy two and a half, three years ago. Mm -hmm. And when he and I met in person and I told this, my girlfriends think I'm freaking nuts. I had lost all physical attraction to people. Like I was very wanting to make sure that I was really rational about who I was selecting. And then if I became physically attracted to them, that was great. The instant I saw him, I was attracted. And that was ne- that had not happened in decades, to be honest. Ooh, little chemistry. Yes, exactly. And we had such a great time. We got food poisoning. Um, and so we <laughs> couldn't go on the second date that I asked him for that night. I asked him like, you want to go on a second date? He's like, sure. Cause I'll be sitting at home with my cats. And I was like, oh, that's on my list. I don't like cats. Um, that was one of the two. <laughs> and so that's funny. I was yeah. kind of wondering what, yeah, the two. Yeah. Where? That's just one of them. But it's it's one of those things where it's like the manifestation that you are looking for, you don't even know it's there yet because you haven't done the work. He was there the whole time. And mm-hmm. I didn't choose him because that wasn't what I was clear on. And oh, so we even I talked about like, what would have been like if we would have met in 2017? We would have never had worked. We already know that. We came to terms with it and we were right where we needed to be. So clarity, intention, taking action, that inner work, reconnecting to yourself, like you talk about is so important when you're trying to find someone as well as like, what are you looking for in a relationship? Come on now, people get with it. Let's do that work. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is perfect. I think that is the perfect little story to wrap this up. This was a wonderful conversation and I am so grateful for you and your time today. And I think people are going to love this. It's a perfect, it's a perfect February episode. I love my seasons. I love to be seasonal. Um, But I do want you to talk about like, if you have anything coming up or like where people can find you on social media, I'll be sure to like add all of your stuff in the show notes. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you again for having me. This was so fun. Um, If you ever want to talk about any of the other things that we just went off a tangent with, just let me know. (laughs) If I have to. And how that can manifest in good ways. Um, But yeah, you ladies can find me or whoever is listening at Reinventing the Arena, which is my handle on Instagram. Um, The website is the same, reinventingthearena.com. I will be having some events coming up, but you know, it's February. I am so busy with like, it's just love season, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So those will be something I'll be going up on my website. I hope to have a group coaching program start soon um, called reclaim yourself after divorce for about five to eight women only. Um, that'll be like a three month program, but otherwise I think I'm going to be doing that, um, man of your spreadsheet dreams workshop as a course starting in April. So if you want to learn the manifestation part of that whole thing, that's what I might be doing in April. So I think that sounds awesome. Yeah. I love teaching it to women. So it's great. I love that. And one last thing, I think you need to explain your name because I don't think you mentioned at all that you used to be, a, well, you still swim, but you were a college swimmer. Yeah. So yes. So I was a college athlete. I swam in college um, and really enjoyed it. 
And it really kind of helped me um, reconnect to myself a different way after my divorce. And so it really can energize me. But reinventing the arena was basically, you know, we're all in the arena. The arena is our life. Mm-hmm. And we usually feel kind of like the comparison thing that people are sitting around and watching our watching us do our life. And that's not always how it goes. But you are in the arena for you to reinvent and you get to make your life decisions. And other people can watch from the sidelines or they can come and participate. So reinventing your love life (laughs) is part of being in the arena, which once again, I don't know if you're a Dr. Brene Brown fan. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. So her book, Daring Greatly, um, the whole speech that was made by Theodore Roosevelt about being in the arena was part of the reason of why I created that as my business name, because that book broke me into who I am today. It was very, um, it took me over eight months to read because it really put me into a shame spiral of like, oh my gosh, I shame and I are not friends. And yeah, but it was, it was the book that helped me really get into my new sense of self. So I think, and it's like the perfect name, like, like even as you niche down, like when I first met you, you know, it was kind of this it Focus wasn't athletes. Yes. It wasn't specifically like love or relationships or things like that. And I just, uh, I think it's so cool. Amazing. So go Thank follow, you. follow Molly. She also has a podcast. We were just talking about before this. Okay. No, I'm going to put a plug for this episode because it's February love, sex, marriage, whatever she had. What was the episode called? You're going to know. So it's called pleasure is your birthright with Mm. my friend, Molly Ames, who is a um, trained sex therapist, somatic healer. And we talk about sensual sexuality, which is more than what she likes to say, more than P and V um, (laughs) so that you can really learn how to not only like enjoy and love the sexual intimacy with your partner, but like figure out what that is for you. And so she's got some really great ideas and um, I will be honest, like that aired this week when we're recording right now. Yep. I just listened to it yesterday. Yeah. And it's already helped my husband and I, in our relationship. Like I'm like, I he doesn't that. even know, but I just applied some learnings. <laughs> so. Little did you gals know you're going to learn something today. No. <laughs> yes. But no, if you enjoyed this, definitely go listen to that. And she's got a she's got a ton more like episodes. She's been doing the podcast thing for a while. So zero podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so, so much again. And yeah, I will put the information in the show notes about Molly's stuff. And thank you for listening. Thank you.